The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Some of the words from that gospel lesson may sound familiar because we had a lesson on the, uh, from that gospel on the baptism of Jesus. And Mark, in uh, today's uh, pericope, goes two verses further, adds 14 and 15, uh, where we hear that the Spirit... After he was baptized, the spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness. It's a very strange uh, way of putting it, it seems. Uh, The spirit driving him out in order that he would be tested. Mark only uses two sentences to describe the temptation of Jesus, unlike Matthew and Luke, who have all that discourse that goes on between the devil and Jesus. But here we have this very simple uh, statement. That Jesus was driven into the wilderness where he would be tested for 40 days. Whenever I hear uh, the description of the temptation from any of the uh, three synoptic gospels, I immediately uh, think of friends that I have in South Dakota, Native Americans, who have been on Vision Quest. Some of you are probably familiar with Vision Quest. It's one of the seven sacred rituals of the Lakota people. And it's an opportunity for a person maybe once in their life, maybe more than once in their life, to go off into the wilderness to seek spiritual guidance about their path in life. They would go for anywhere from one to four days, and during that time they don't eat or drink, much like the description we hear about Jesus going into the wilderness for his discernment and for his testing. I've spoken with a number of people who have done that, and... As you might guess, if you go without food and water for a number of days, you have some pretty bad dreams and you even see things. And it's hard to know how much of that is coming out of you and how much of it is coming from the spirit world. But the ones that I've spoken to have found that after they have been on their vision quest and after, in some cases, a year of preparation before going on the vision quest, they come back with a very clear understanding of who they are and of what their call is in life. I believe that Jesus being tested in the wilderness was extremely important to him understanding who he truly was. It was an opportunity, I think, that God wanted him to have to really understand that he was the blessed one. He was the one 
on whom God had anointed and a special ministry that could only be exercised by him. So I think in those 40 days, whatever happened between him and the devil and however he was ministered to by angels, Jesus came out of the wilderness understanding clearly who he was, whose he was, and what his ministry should be. I think it's a bit unfortunate that we have focused so much on the word temptation as opposed to perhaps a more useful word, uh, testing. Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury, has written this about temptation. The word temptation nowadays has become diluted so that it is used mainly to prod others towards a bit of pardonable naughtiness. It's about cream cakes for people on diets and not much more. Well, that hit too close to home. I won't go back to that one. (laughs) He goes on to describe how inadequate that understanding of temptation really is. He says that the, uh, the Greek underlying it, that what we translate as temptation, is closely related to the English empirical and the ideas that are associated with empirical. Empirical meaning originating or based on observation or experience. So temptation is an experiment to find out something about ourselves and something about God. And in a scriptural sense, when we are tempted, we are being tested to go deep into ourselves and find out who we really are and whose we really are. And understood from that perspective, I think, then Jesus being driven into the wilderness clearly has been driven out to be tested, to have a deeper understanding of his own nature and also of his ministry. Testing, while not a pleasant thing, can be a good thing, both for Jesus and for us. When we come through the testing, we find out very important things about ourselves. Uh, I think it's just as important for institutions, for churches, to go through testing as it is for individuals. For a church to get a deeper understanding of what it is called to, to be the body of Christ in the world. Before you called anyone to be your rector here, you went through a, a period of discernment that resulted in the profile that was sent out uh, to all the potential candidates And I will say that that is one of the most beautiful profiles I have ever seen. And I've seen many uh, having worked in a diocesan office. But in that profile, you listed those things that were concerns to the adults in the congregation and also to the youth in the congregation. The parish then has been working on three goals based on those concerns. The first to attain financial stability and growth. The second, to attract new families and to be more welcoming. And the third, to increase the size and vitality of our program for children and youth. Those of you who have been a part of this congregation since uh, the early 2000s, around 2002, 2003, you know that there have been great gains made on those three goals. And I think it's important for you to know that there are a lot of congregations that say they want to grow, that they want financial stability, they want to do things for children and youth. But not too many congregations are willing to sacrifice in the way that is needed in order to accomplish those goals. 
And you have done that. This congregation over and over and over again has stepped out in faith to achieve something that you consider to be important for the future of this parish. I think now we're at a point in the life of our congregation that we're ready to build on those three goals, which have established a sort of foundation for us. And we're prepared to step out in faith to do something that is going to challenge all of us, I think, in the long run. About eight years ago, we went through a process of long range planning. And out of that, we came to a consensus as a congregation that our facilities were beginning to hold us back. And the vestry decided that, that the first priority really was to uh, do something in the way of improving our parish house facility. And the importance of that comes from the fact that in order to equip the saints to do ministry, we have to provide the tools and the resources for them to do that. And so there was more work done and there were uh, broad based meetings with members of the congregation over a period of literally years. Some people came to me and said, when are we going to stop talking about it and do it? And finally, we came to the conclusion that what we needed was a new parish house facility. And you've seen the, uh, the, the design that has been developed so far and seen the model related to that. The thing that I think we need to hold in mind is that what we hope to build will certainly be wonderful for us who are here now and for those new people who have joined us, for the many children who have become a part of this congregation, who are away on vacation this week. <laughs> but more than that, it's to provide for those who will come after us in ministry as well, just as those uh, people who had such wonderful foresight and faith 50 years ago provided us with this beautiful worship space. It is now our turn, our responsibility to go forward on this project and to provide for those who will come after us as well, a place that will equip them for ministry. My prayer for all of us is that, first of all, we give thanks for all of the wonderful things that God has done for us as a congregation. We have been incredibly blessed, but also that we will be faithful stewards of what God has entrusted to us and that we will be faithful in living into the call that God has on our lives as a congregation and that we as the body of Christ may be effective ministers in this community, the communities that surround us, literally in the world, and that in doing so, we will be blessed as well. May God grant us that prayer, and may God guide us by God's Holy Spirit in all that we undertake. Amen. Amen.